Hey everybody, Elijah Ward here, and I've got a very, very important message. That message is this. You have got to be a part of Remnant Rising. Remnant Rising is a brand new school that's launching this fall under the nest, and it's geared toward all future generations. You know, one thing I've found in my engagement with Yahweh is that intimacy with God is the blueprint for everything in the kingdom. There is nothing that you will do, nothing that you will build, no technology that you will pioneer that comes out of anything but a devoted place of intimacy with Yahweh. So I'm excited to help teach that this fall as we inspire our students to really become everything Yahweh said they could be, to step into sonship, to learn about walking in faith, to learn about their dominion and their governance as sons. It's going to be a really great time. So go to the foundationnest.com and click on the Remnant Rising link. At that link, you'll find course content information. You'll see some information about the instructors. You'll find uh, information about how you can register. Um, so go check that out and do us a favor and tell people that you feel like would benefit from this school. Friends, family, people at your church, your neighbor, whoever it may be, really help us spread the word about this because I have so much expectation in my heart for what Yahweh is going to do through this. It's really exciting. Go check that out and I will look forward to seeing each of you this fall. Shalom. Welcome to Origin Gates Daily Podcast, Wisdom's Echo. This is Grant Mahoney speaking, and today I'm going to be interviewing Stevie McKee. Stevie, how are you doing? I'm doing good, thanks, Grant, and it's a real privilege and honor for you to have me today. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to have you on today. <laughs> and I wanted to maybe just start about, give our audience a little bit of a taste of, a little bit about yourself. Who are you, where are you from, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, well, I'm Stevie McKee, as you've said. And I'm from Scotland, and I was brought up in the Apostolic Church, which actually came out of the Welsh Revival, so I've got a really good heritage. And I, all my life, I've always just wanted to see God move and revival, and that was the language we used back then. So yeah, my mum and dad, they're just, even they're on fire to this day because they also came out of that movement. So I've always just wanted to see the Lord move. So that's that's just a little background. I don't know if you want any more or what. <laughs> I think that's a good introduction. <laughs> I think that's a good introduction to everyone. Yeah. So I know that you have your own ministry. Would yeah. you just tell us what it's called and, and what your heart is in terms of your ministry? Yeah. My ministry is called steviemckee.com. So it's steviemckie.com. It actually started maybe 10... 11, 12 years ago, actually, something like that, as Scotland Ablaze. And my dream and vision at that time actually came from a dream that the Lord gave me, where I actually met Smith Wigglesworth in the dream. And he, wow. said, he said one million people. And I knew instantly that he meant that one million people in Scotland would be saved. So that's where it all began. And as I said earlier, I've always read about revivals and the Welsh Revival and Evan Roberts and the Hebedean revival in Scotland. So I just believe there's a greater level of um, God that he wants to reveal in our day. Absolutely. I mean, I've known you for probably, I think it's the last five or six years, and yeah. I've just loved journeying together with you because one of the things we often talk about is both of us have a heart for the plumb line of the truth of Yahweh's word. 
And I want to just maybe talk about that a little bit because it's interesting in today's society, you don't see a lot of people that really want to follow the plumb line or long after the plumb line. They, they, there's so much political correctness and so much people want to go into other things where there's no accountability, no responsibility. And I don't know, I just personally don't like that. I'm with you completely. Like years ago, this didn't, wasn't even a, an issue because even though the different denominations believe different things, they were all people of the word. They all believed the fundamentals. But for some reason in these past, I don't know how many years it is, five, six years, there's been something creeping in to, to, to the church or to the body of Christ, which to me is very disturbing. And it's all the like the hyper grace stuff. It's all the stuff to do with like everybody getting saved and even demons and Satan getting saved. And I really believe God cannot move through the body of Christ like he wants to because of all this false stuff. And if we're going to see the Lord move in our day, we need to absolutely have the plumb line of truth again. Because if we don't have that, he cannot trust us because we end up deviating into stupid doctrines and stupid belief systems that actually dishonor the Lord and dishonor his word. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at all the greats of the, the last, let's even say the last hundred years, all the amazing people like Wigglesworth and... Um, <clears throat> Oh, now I've just hit a blank. Like, I mean, John G. Lake and um, just all of them, they they walked according to the plumb line. It was like they they were fundamentalists. They they believed the word. In other words, it was black and white. There was no room for gray. There was no different way to interpret scripture. What Yahweh said is what it was. Absolutely. And I learned last year when I went to a conference in the Hebrides, the Lord took me there. I know you're going to maybe speak about that later, but... It was R.T. Kendall was talking, and he said, we all want revival. I mean, all the, even the people who don't believe in the plumb line, really, or are into hyper grace or whatever, we all want God to move in revival. And we want to see like what happened in Lewis. There was um, seven, 800 people run out of their homes, and people were getting saved, and there was amazing manifestations of God's power. He says, we all want that, but we forget one thing. And it's the message that they preached. They did not just preach a, a, a gracey, grace message. Grace message. They preached the goodness and severity of God. And if we're going to see God moving that way and greater, we cannot move away from the, the fundamentals of what the gospel is. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at today, like crusades and things that people have, and I just think, you know, and, and it's wonderful to have all these salvations, but I often wonder to myself, how many of these salvations are even lasting? Because in today's, even in, in Christendom today, the, the spirit of conviction is no longer there because we have this thing like hyper love and hyper grace, and it's taken it too far. The, the love that, that people are talking about is not even real love because it excuses so much stuff which Yahweh doesn't even like. Absolutely. I completely agree. And I honestly believe... Um, we have introduced something called um, the, the sinner's prayer. Like That's not even scriptural. It's like we, we get someone to say a prayer, and then we say, oh, you're saved now, you're saved. They have not encountered the living Christ. They have not encountered the spirit of truth. They have not encountered, like Paul did, when he saw a ball of light and was thrown to the ground and he, he was struck blind. Like in all the revivals you can read about, the conviction of sin was part of all of it. The fear of God again, holiness, that realm of holiness. We don't have that, but we want the same manifestation without a, with a different message. It's just not going to happen. 
Yeah, I mean, when you look at someone like the, the the messages that Spurgeon spoke on, or, or Wigglesworth, and all of them, all of those messages had this, such this this powerful um, backing of conviction. Like you, you were convicted when they when they addressed alcoholics or they addressed sin, they addressed you directly, and and it made you feel bad. And in today's society, we don't want to feel bad, but it actually challenged you and it made you look at your life and it made you say, "Hang on a second, I need to take accountability because." I'm not right with God. And I think that's something that's so lax in the body today. And it's actually God's love because if we just give someone a prayer and they say the prayer and they don't encounter in Jesus, then they don't really encounter God. They don't get saved. Their lives are not transformed. Whereas if they encounter conviction, the fear of God, like they said in the Earl of Lewis, those people who get saved like that knew nothing of backsliding. So to me, that is God's love because it shows people where they really are. And then when they are really changed, then they can experience the goodness of God. Yep, I think that that's so true. I think the fear of the Lord is the love of God because when you have the fear of the Lord, Yahweh draws you nearer because when, when you're in that place and you have that spirit of conviction and you can actually deal with your stuff, then I just feel God can trust you then. But he can't trust you if there's no conviction and you don't want to deal with your stuff and you're just saying, oh, love's everything. But it's not. It, it, I mean, it is, but it's not. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Absolutely. I mean, to me, we've got a false idea of what love is anyway because we have redefined love according to our culture. We are actually making God in our image. And we've, we've got it back to front. We need to read the scripture and see who God does, get to know him, encounter him. And we cannot change who he is just because we don't like it. Absolutely. That is so true. One of the things that, I mean, both of us often talk about is the, the old Celtic saints. And I know you've had, you, you go up to the Hebrides quite often because you it's a special place for you. But I know that the Celtic saints also hold a special place in your heart. So let's talk about them a little bit like, Give us a little talk, I mean, a little synopsis of what actually happened in the Hebrides. Well, in the Hebrides revival, uh, it was so powerful. I mean, it, there was many people praying, but especially these two old ladies prayed. And they had a vision and saw crowds coming to the island and crowds of young people in the churches. And so they just prayed and they got the elders to pray. And one one night, like... um some of the elders were praying and they actually prayed that prayer and says about who can ascend the hill of the Lord, he who has clean hands and a pure heart. And it was all about being holy and sanctified. They believed in all that stuff thoroughly. But as they prayed that, they actually fell to the ground in a trance. And they said their power was loosed in the whole of Barvis. And these guys, I believe, we sometimes think that was the old and God's got to do something new. And he is, and he is going to do greater. But some of the stories there, like there was a young man called Donald McPhail, and he was only 15 or 16 years old. And when he prayed, you've got to remember this was really religious churches, like sometimes without music, the women would be wearing hats, really traditional religious. But this young man prayed, and when he prayed, the whole crowd, congregation fell backwards into a trance. And it said, four miles away, a whole village got saved. I mean, that is absolutely amazing. And I also love that one encounter uh, when that man prayed and he said, Father, your honor is at stake. Oh, that, that is one of my favorite prayers because <clears throat> I, that, I think it was the same man actually challenged God. He, he prayed and said, Lord, you have promised to pour water on the thirsty land and you're not doing it. 
He, he challenged wow. God. These people like Moses. Moses changed God's mind. These people knew God. They knew that they could challenge God because he was a covenant-keeping God. And he said, Lord, your honor is at stake. And I believe we're in the same place right now, Grant. God's name, God's honor is at stake right now because of all the false stuff being preached. Absolutely. I mean, we just recently did a tour of Scotland with Stevie and uh, Ray Hughes. Ray and Denise Hughes were our tour guides. And I don't know, Stevie, do you remember when we went to that that church in Glasgow where, where, where they... Um, where all the people are buried, and he told us the story about the the rednecks, the first rednecks. Oh, powerful! Yeah, that was, was during. The, sorry, say that again. That was in Edinburgh. Edinburgh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And um, these people were under such persecution; they were being hunted down. Christians were basically being hunted down and killed. And what these people did was they said, well, we're not going to make it hard for you. So what we're going to do is we'll wear a red scarf around our neck so that you know who we are. I mean. When would Christians do that today? Absolutely. And these, these people stood against their government, basically, because the king had made a decree. He had said that he was to be the head of the church, not Christ. And all of these people called the Covenanters in Scotland, they actually wrote their name on a covenant. And they knew when they wrote their name on this, it was their own death warrant. Yeah. I mean, that was, to me, was one of the most powerful stories I've ever heard. And it sort of made me think to myself, like, I remember we were standing in that graveyard and Yahweh said to us, would you wear a red scarf? Would you put one on for my name's sake? And I was like really challenged by that because these guys had a fortitude and a heart for Yahweh where they would stand for the truth. And, and this is something that is so lacking in the body today. We want it easy. Yeah, they they were willing to stand for the truth and also they were willing to really die to self but actually be living martyrs as well. And it's something we don't hear preached about dying to self anymore because the, the hyper-grace message says you don't need to do anything, you've already arrived. But these people, these guys who turned the world upside down had a different message, dying to self. They were willing to physically die. They were willing to stand for the truth no matter what king or what religious leader told them, they live for Christ and they would die for Christ. And I love that other story when the preacher was preaching and he wasn't preaching the truth in that church and that old lady <laughs> that used to sell her wares outside went inside with her stool and threw her three-legged stool at him because he wasn't, he was talking a lot of twaddle, basically. <laughs> that, was, yeah, that was an older woman. And she actually started a revolution in the whole of Scotland because the ministers of the churches were preaching. They were preaching falsehood. They were just liberal, as far as I'm aware. Like they weren't preaching the truth. And she just went crazy and threw a chair at them. <laughs> and like you said, that started a, a revolution and a revival in Scotland. Yeah, and we need to do the same, Grant, like stand for the truth because there has to be a remnant on the earth who actually be, be preach. Okay, God is doing new things. We absolutely know that. But he will not remove the fundamentals of the faith ever. We build upon them. Exactly. And he's, and it, the word says he never changes. What he didn't like a thousand years ago, he still doesn't like today. Yeah, and if we're going to see God move in the nations, we have to know what the real gospel is. And it certainly isn't. I mean, it's, I saw a poster on Facebook, you might have saw it, where the, the 11 out of the 12 apostles all were martyred and killed. And they weren't martyred just for preaching love. They confronted society and sin, and that's why they were martyred and killed. Absolutely. I was listening to another guy, and he was talking about how, you know, 
when you look at all the, the people in the world and all those people were imprisoned, it was, they were imprisoned because they were get, going against the government because they were standing up for the truth of the word. And so where, where are we today as sons actually standing up for Yahweh's truth? Yeah, we've got a, 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 almost a, well, as a false gospel where it's just like, it's a false love. It's a happy love where you don't speak against everyone. You just love everyone. Well, God's love is not the same as what we interpret love to be. Like he wants us to, the prophets have all stood against unrighteousness, didn't they? Yep, absolutely. Well, I mean, it's been, oh, I can't believe the time's gone. It's been fabulous having you on. I really, really appreciate it. And thank you for sharing your heart with us, Stevie. Thank you for having us. It's been awesome. Thank you. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast and there'll be another one coming tomorrow. So bless you.